When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit, and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. Raider Nation, stand up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders have hired their new head coach and general manager. The head coach, the guy we thought it would be all along, Antonio Pierce. The GM, not the guy we thought it would be all along. Tom Telesco, kind of coming out of left field. We knew he was still, we knew he was part of the initial interview process. You guys, uh, Vic and Deshaun, you reported on Saturday that, you know, even though Ed Dodds and Champ Kelly were believed to be the finalists, Telesco was still in the mix. He comes back in Monday, second interview, boom, Tuesday he's hired, and there he is with Antonio Pierce Wednesday. Um, two guys that, that just met, I guess, on Monday, right, at the uh, second interview, and now they are the new guys uh, in charge of bringing the Raiders back to greatness. Yeah, the Raiders sort of stumbled themselves into an arranged marriage here. I mean, you know, Tom Telesco, he interviewed early on in the process, but that was before Antonio Pierce, you know, got hired, and he didn't circle back until after Pierce got hired, and so... You know, that kind of went against Mark Davis's original plan to hire the GM first and then have them pick the head coach. But I think what became clear as they went throughout the process was they were a lot more, they had their minds a lot more made up about Pierce being the head coach than, than who they knew, who they wanted their GM to be. And so plans change, you know, things can can get mixed up. But ultimately, they, they ended up with the two guys that they felt the best about. You know, Telesco uh, obviously was the, the GM for the Chargers for the last 11 years and had some mixed results. But uh, so I know fans are a little bit split about him, but, you know, at least they got the guy that they, they wanted in Antonio Pierce and, you know, can keep that, that Max Crosby trade request, you know, off the table for now. Yeah, we wrote about it uh, over the weekend. I think Mark got some cold feet. I mean, uh, Champ Kelly had uh, three interviews uh, all told and uh, couldn't quite lock it down. I think Mark mentioned he won an experienced guy didn't really wasn't always uh, crazy about the idea of going with the first-time head coach, the first-time coach he mentioned back with Dennis Allen and Reggie McKenzie. didn't work out the way he uh, would have liked and thought that was something he should have done better. So now we get a guy, Telesco, who definitely has a lot of experience, 11 years uh, with, with the Chargers. Is, uh, and I think um, it is an arranged marriage, but um, I think um, yeah, it, it is what it is. They, they both see this team being on the verge of possibly contending. Both uh, talked about today how this team is – Cast it up to win now. They have to add a quarterback and obviously off the offensive coordinator, but um, that's where we're at. So uh, I guess it's exciting. Yeah, it's a new uh, a new regime for the Raiders. Uh, they've had a bunch over the years, but this one, uh, both guys seem like they're on board with the message that you know, it's time to win now. And uh, however they you know don't know each other that well, and they're together in that one mission. I don't like the Raiders' process throughout this entire offseason. 
because I mean, just what you said right there. So Mark Davis didn't like the idea of a first year head coach and first year GM because of experience with Reggie McKenzie and Dennis Allen. So you're going to put that against every other first, you know, possible first year GM pairing. And then your thought process throughout this whole thing was you're going to hire a GM and then a head coach, but then you go against that. And then you hire the head coach, which I think Antonio Pierce is good hiring based on everything, but I just don't think it's a good process. Like, interview anybody that potentially could be a head coach those two interviews were just kind of sham interviews you didn't interview Harbaugh you didn't interview Mike McDonald you didn't interview Ben Johnson you didn't try to interview anybody else that had a real candidacy and then you hire Telesco for his experience but there's not a lot of GMs that get second chances in this league Telesco gets one but you hire him because of his experience but there's a reason why he's experience because he got let go by a team and then you look at his track record yeah he gets on the first second round picks but that team's a mess the Chargers are going to have to revamp everything next year and go through some huge turnover because because of all the contracts and uh, missed picks so I just think throughout this whole process maybe the Raiders have the right head coach maybe Telesco is better in his second stint around but I just think the whole process is just convoluted and very Raider-like in the last decade or whatever it is yeah, you know, when the Telesco news came out on Monday that he was in there for a second interview, you know, my initial thoughts was, okay, yeah, he's interviewing for the GM job, but I thought he would have been a great fit as not a president of football operations because I think that's a type of role that is, you know, you give that to a a success, you know, a, a GM that's like had, had a lot of success and you're like, okay, you want to you want to give him an elevated role. And, you know, Telesco's had a lot of experience. We know that, and, and that was important to Mark. Like we said, it's it's been a mixed bag there with the Chargers. 11 years, they won two playoff games his entire tenure there. Um, but I, I thought making him, you know, the Reggie McKenzie type role that he has in Miami where, you know, he's a senior personnel executive, uh, you know, doesn't always have to be around the building, would have been an experienced voice for, say, you give it to Champ Kelly, say you give it to Ed Dodds, either of those guys, where they would have been able to run their show, but they would have had that experienced hand to lean on. That's what it, it seemed like to me. It might, might be a good fit there. Telesco was not a guy that you look around all the other GM searches. He wasn't getting requests to interview. It wasn't like this was a, a guy that w- was a hot name on the GM circuit. I know there was resource limitations certainly there with the Chargers, um, even though they spent big on salary this year. Um, there are other resources that he was limited by, and you have – weird family involvement there of the chargers where it's you know the son's owner is the president of football operations which I mean, come on like do you want mark davis being like your president of football operations uh back in the al davis days so i, I you know we'll see what he's like you know the, really being able to run the show and, and i think that is one thing when you pair him with antonio pierce is you say like hey this guy's been a gm for 11 years he is running the show even though we did the hiring backwards when the news came out Monday, I thought he would be a tough sell to Raiders fans just because he's the guy that, again, not a ton of success, some success with the Chargers, but not a ton. But that's the move they made, and uh, we'll see how he does in his second second go around. Well, there's a lot of speculation about having you know, two guys where have different roles, but I, and again, we haven't talked to these guys about that, Ed Dodds or Champ or, or Tom, but I can't imagine those guys are too receptive to the idea of having two guys hired and one guy as an advisor, one guy as a GM, and they're kind of all – you know, I mean, I think you're right. He needs some of a different stature, maybe a little more experience to be or older, maybe in that role. But these guys are all, I just don't know if that would have worked. I think that, um, and I think at, at the, in the end, I think Mark just said, you know what? I need experience. I need a guy who's been through this before. And he said he mentioned uh, that he's known Tom for a while. So, um, 
you like Tom, and I guess Tom made a good impression. If you're Tom Telesco and you come back for a second interview on Monday, uh, you know why you're in the room. You know that, okay, I'm I'm the experienced guy. Obviously, he has doubts to the other two guys who are ahead of me. So I'm sure he hit that hard on Monday. Like, you know, I did this, I did that. I know how to do this. I can do this. And, and I think Mark probably was, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And uh, and he and, you know, he and Antonio Pierce met and, Obviously, that I'm sure that had to go well. I mean, I don't know how that could have gone badly if you know, like, hey, this guy could be the coach. This guy could be the gym. Hey, why don't you guys talk? Hey, man, you know, yeah, we'll beat you by 50 points. Like, oh, yeah. But um, whatever. So uh, again, it is um, it's a different kind of arrangement. Definitely not uh, usual. But you know, the Raiders are not the usual franchise. So I can't say I'm too surprised uh, at anything that happens with this team. And uh, I think both guys have their merits, and uh, the rosters. Um, it, Pretty decent shape as opposed to years in the past. So I think maybe there is some reason for hope. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, in terms of hiring a first time GM, like obviously each of their last two GMs were first time GMs and, and Mike Mayock and Dave Ziegler. And those weren't quite equivalent because, you know, obviously Mayock didn't have personnel power, Ziegler did or allegedly did. But whether he chose you know, to accept it or not. Yeah. You know, as as Mark Davis told told Vic at the owners' meetings last year, like he didn't seem all that thrilled about Ziggler's performance even back then. And so that plus the McKenzie situation with Dennis Allen. Obviously, McKenzie redeemed himself later on, I would say, as a GM and had a couple of good years. But how I went when he was paired with Dennis Allen initially, um, you can understand why he would have, you know, you know, s- s- some scars about this situation. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think, you know, whether whether they hired a first time GM or not, like, I don't, I don't know if it's, that's worth getting too caught up on. But I do agree with Ted that, like the process of like saying you're going to do one thing and then do another thing and then like backing your way into the decision and all the flip-flopping and back and forth. Like it's, it's hard to, for a fan, cause you know, like this isn't like 20 years ago where the fan base may not know about all those various twists and turns. Like now everything is out immediately. And so I'm sure they're like, all right, we didn't seem like we really wanted this guy until the very end. And, you know, the last time we saw him being a GM is his team was the team that we were scoring 63 points on that got him fired. So like, yeah, I mean, fans aren't going to be thrilled about this. It's going to be something that, you know, he's got to go out and prove himself. But honestly, these intro press conferences, the shit doesn't really matter. Like, I'm sure everybody felt great about, you know, other first time GMs in the past and they went on to be shitty. So it's more so about what he does from here. And, and obviously, you know, Mark Davis has some faith that he can get the job done. I was going to add that we talked about it back when Champ was the interim guy, how it was going to be hard to evaluate him because, you know, he didn't have an offseason. A lot of his moves, you can say, were Dave's moves. Or you can't, it's hard to say how much he's involved in this free agent signing or that draft pick. So it's kind of hard. Obviously, Jack Jones is a big end-season acquisition, but it's more due to AP than the Champ. So it's hard to evaluate exactly what Champ you know, brought to the mix. Actually, I think Mark had a hard time doing that. Mark, I think Mark, at the end, it's like, you know, I'm not sure – what I can blame him for, what I can give him credit for. And I think, you know, I have these doubts and at least Lesko's got a proven track record I can look at and say, okay, they did, these things did well. He drafted, you know, a Hall of Famer and Keenan Allen and all these good draft picks. He obviously made some mistakes here and the cap issues, who knows who's to blame for that. But so I just think there was definitely a proven track record you can look at with Lesko, but with Champy, he didn't have one. But he also kind of, you know, paint yourself into a corner when you hire Antonio Pierce first. Because, I mean, I can't imagine, like, there's not a, probably a ton of GMs that, you know, are excited to go into a place where they didn't get to pick their head coach. And, you know, and, and you know, maybe Pierce is not everybody's uh, cup of tea being, you know, uh, so inexperienced. So, you know, I just felt like they didn't cast a very wide net as far as selecting a GM, which I thought they should should have done. And then, you know, the stuff that's coming out about maybe why Telesco is a choice because, him and Pierce had good camaraderie at the first meeting or 
And one I don't get is why is it a plus that he has knowledge of the AFC West? Like, what does that even mean? Like, you have knowledge of the AFC West, and that's going to be like something that's a good that is uh, one of the reasons why you're hired. It doesn't make sense to me. Hey, man, they got to fill it. They got to fill out the fucking bio or something, man. Jeez, like, <laughs> yeah, what, I'm what, smiling because I remember when, when Mark hijacked Del Rio, he was blown away by how much Del Rio knew about the Raiders roster. Alison Jack was the Broncos defensive coordinator, so I always thought that was funny. But I, I think Mark, um, I don't want to say easily impressed, but I think you can definitely hit some notes with Mark that go a long way. Hey, I mean, Tom got up there today. It's like, yeah, I need to learn a lot more about this roster. I know about him as an opponent, but not uh, not as the guy running the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about you know if you're being hired as a GM, you know, and not having an opportunity to, to pick the head coach. Yeah, that's one of the things that when you look into, at his tenure with the Chargers. The head coaches there were, were were not a great track record. That's one of those where it's hard to say how much is that is on Telesco. I mean, he technically made all those hires, but that's a franchise that notoriously very cheap in terms of how they go about making their head coaching hires, and they tend to go for those young up and comer first time head coaches. Um, although not this time. Now that Telesco's gone, they they bring in uh, old Jimmy Harbaugh, so uh, that will make the uh, the AFC West a lot more interesting. Now the Chargers have Harbaugh, which obviously that that, that news broke um, that delayed the recording of our podcast by about ten minutes as uh, as that happened. So, uh, but uh, let's talk more about Antonio Pierce because I think that's that is the the hire that um, while fans may have their different thoughts about Telesco, AP is the hire that that fans wanted that players wanted so i think to see him up there today being f- formally introduced as the permanent head coach um it is a big moment and I, I think it is something that uh that should continue to energize the fan base throughout the offseason yeah he did his big raiders chant i mean he tried did you join in i did not join in uh but they had a lot of uh team employees in the press conference there was loud in there so people definitely uh it was loud uh response to him so Definitely, you know, nobody brings brings energy, brings leadership, he brings the team is solely behind him. So now it's a matter of getting the offense fixed. We talked about the old coordinator today, who they want to bring in, and they want someone who can, you know, be a teacher and have guys believe in them, and also kind of have some deep threat ability. They want the deep balls a big part of the offense. They both mentioned the speed, which Raiders have been known for historically. So they want that to be a part of of the offense going forward. So uh, again, yeah, Pierce, I think earned the job. I always, we always both felt that. Uh, he got the job, and I think um, everything else is kind of just uh, window dressing. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really, I guess, anything new from from Pierce, really, from the from the presser that we didn't already know. But we got a little insight into what he's looking for from from offensive coordinator, like Vic said, and twenty four you know, points minimum. Twenty four points. points. That's that's apparently a, a notable number for some reason. But um, you know, obviously, this is his, his first time. He's gotten a lot of experience being the interim coach for for nine games, but this is his first time really having to go out and build his own staff, which, you know, is another challenge that he just hasn't experienced yet. But we know that he's he's leaning on Tom Coughlin, the former head coach and executive, um, to help assist him along the way. And, you know, they already interviewed a few candidates for the OC position and, and working into that. And so that's more so like what we're looking for now for Pierce. But obviously, introductory press conferences aren't really the uh, the place to get too, too deep into the weeds on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the thing with Pierce... And when you're looking at the CEO type of coach, you know, you want a guy that's obviously a leader and leader of men. And, you know, it's hard to tell that from interviews. So you at least know that Pierce is that from his experience with the players. And obviously the players love him. The next challenge with the CEO type is you have to be able to hire an elite staff. And I I think with Patrick Graham, you have a, a very good defensive coordinator. And now you have to find an offense coordinator like you guys mentioned. And I do like that they are talking to 
a lot of names and I think a lot of good names uh, like Zach Robinson. Uh, but I just hope that the hire doesn't end up just being a guy that Pierce likes or knows or Tom Coughlin likes or knows or Marvin Lewis likes or knows and, it, and it's the right guy. So we'll see, at, you know, the next step for this franchise is obviously hiring a, a home run OC because as a CEO type or defensive minded head coach, you have to get the OC hire right because typically you don't survive a bad OC hire. We did hear AP quickly in his press conference shout out the presence of Patrick Graham. Uh, not insignificant there. Uh, we know Graham's gotten uh, what a couple head coaching interviews, and um, assuming he doesn't land one of those, uh, the the hope would be to to have him back. So uh, is that what we're expecting right now that uh, that Patrick Graham will uh, return as a defensive coordinator, barring him landing one of those head coaching jobs? Yeah, I don't think Pierce mentioned it by accident. Uh, also, when uh, when we approached uh, Graham afterwards, he said it was a good 40 time, and he took off pretty quick. So he said hi, <laughs> and, he, and he was gone. So um, clearly not going to be asking any questions. But, yeah, I mean, for sure his goal is to be a head coach. But they want him back. Who knows, might give him a nicer title, maybe some more money. But I think that clearly was not an accident by AP mentioning uh, Patrick's presence at the press conference. Patrick Graham had an interview with the Seahawks yesterday, I believe, his second interview. Um, the only other team I think he talked to this cycle was the Chargers, who obviously just hired Harbaugh. So, you know, if he get, obviously if he gets the Seahawks job, he won't be back. But otherwise, you would expect for him to be back as as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I I think one thing now, you know, that there will be to monitor along with obviously the you know, filling out the staff is it, just kind of what ends up being the working relationship between Telesco and, and Pierce. You know, Pierce, you know, Telesco talked about it, and you know, and how it's a partnership and all that, and. And I think um, if you look at, at what things were like with the charges between Telesco and you know their more, most recent head coach, Brandon Staley, you know, Telesco certainly has always had personnel power, and, it, and that'll be the same case here. But he was a guy that maybe to his detriment, you know, really listened to his head coach. Uh, you know, I think Brandon Staley, I don't, I don't know that there was ever a player that Brandon Staley wanted um, down there in L.A. that he didn't get. He is a guy that I think has proven – that he he will closely work with a head coach and and develop you know make sure that you know it's not just hey I'm I'm, I'm bringing in these players and you're going to coach them but that he's going to bring in guys that that player wants and so um obviously everything's rosy and, and great at, at your first intro presser you know two days after you met a guy but uh but certainly you know seeing how those guys are able to develop a good rapport and you know kind of get on the same page in terms of what type of players they want the litmus test for that this off season will be what happens with with Josh Jacobs I'm pretty sure because. Obviously, the way that he talks about him, like AP wants Josh Jacobs to be back on the team in 2024, but he's, you know, a free agent because they gave him that rework deal last offseason. They could franchise tag him again, but it would be pretty pricey if they did. it. I think it's what is around 14 million dollars or so. I know the number isn't quite set yet, but, you know, I know that that the Chargers kind of had their haggling with Austin Eckler this past this past season, I guess, could be maybe a preview for how Telesco views modern running backs and whatnot. And, you know, I think Jacobs is better than Eckler and he's a little bit younger, so it's not exactly an equal comparison. But like if they if they work out a deal with Jacobs and bring him back, I think that would be a good sign that that Pierce actually does have a, a high level of input. Well, that was well said. With the running back issue, I mean, Josh Jacobs did say that, you know, he's one of the guys that supported uh, supported bringing Antonio Pierce back. So, you know, maybe that um, helps his case as far as being a Raider next year. And um, just looking back at some of, you know, Telesco draft picks, he, he does, he does prioritize athleticism, size and, and those things. Um, and, you know, I think there were times where the Raiders kind of went away from that in, in the first couple rounds and kind of bent on athleticism in, in the later rounds. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we'll see more of that in, in the early rounds of, of the draft. And 
his track record with you know the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round is pretty dim if you look at it. So you know maybe Champ Kelly will help improve that area of the draft. Maybe you bring Mike Mayock back and let him draft four, five, six, seven. <laughs> but I mean it's a joke. I'm not I'm not serious about that. But I mean at least he has a track record of hitting the first a uh, couple of rounds, which the Raiders have really failed to do in uh, a long time. Although his 2023 first round pick, uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, not looking good in the light of the 2023 receiver class. Uh, that, uh, I mean, he's only one year in, he could still turn around, but uh, that that is looking like a bad draft pick compared to uh, the guys that were were still on the board when uh, when they took Quentin Johnston. But um, you mentioned Champ Kelly. Uh, what, what do we think happens there? I mean, uh, I, I think if, if Ed Dodds had been brought in, if he had seen another assistant GM, leap him and come and take this take the gm job away from him i i would expect there would be no reason he would he would want to return do we think he he would want to stick around here as a, an assistant gm under an experienced guy in telesco um you know it's, it's got to be pretty hard to have, have been here two years to have been a guy that was in the mix last time to have been the interim guy three interviews and then passed over um i'm, I'm sure he does not feel great right now uh do do what do we think happens there yeah, I think he's certainly not can't be thrilled about it, of course. But um, you know, on on the other hand, I mean, as it is, like there there aren't really any true GM openings right now. Like I know the Chargers have one, but you know, with Jim Harbaugh getting hired and him not interviewing with them yet, you would have to think that you know they have a, a general idea of who they're about to place there. And yeah, the Patriots that one's already done. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots seem like they don't really have any plans of hiring a GM, and so there aren't any GM jobs out there as as of right now, and so. But I think it's more like, do if you're going to be an assistant GM, do you want to be at the place that passed you over, or would you rather go be an assistant GM somewhere else? Yeah, he's under contract, so I mean, if he wanted to go somewhere else, they would have to like agree to let him go to like a lateral or downgrade move. Which, um, and and I don't I don't get the the sense that like Champ he doesn't seem like the type to make things ugly and force his way out or anything of that nature and make it all dramatic. But because also from the Raiders' perspective, it's like even if. And it's kind of cynical to say, but like if he does get hired somewhere next year as a GM, like there's incentive there for them to get two third round picks. It's, you know, and it's kind of, you know, like it's it's not the intent of the rule, but like that's I'm sure that's not something that they're unaware about, you know. And so I, w- I would expect for him to be back. I, 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 you know, according to some people I talked to today, the plan is for him to go to the senior bowl next week and, and help out with their their the start you know kind of the official start of their draft process and getting ready for that and so I think that's a pretty strong sign of their them expecting him to stick around and so you know again I'm sure there's there's some hurt feelings about it like obviously he wanted to get the job but it's, it seems like he's most likely going to be back this season one thing to consider is how does Telesco feel right I mean if this guy was the finalist for the job and and for a while the favorite if he's a favorite of a lot of guys in the building that could be one concern you have if you're Tom Telesco's coming in where okay like am i am i walking into a building where people are going to be upset that this guy didn't get the job i don't know if that's the case what, what, what do you guys think there i totally disagree i think with tom plesco chem kelly is no threat i think he had three interviews he had he was tied to antonio pierce the interim guys they had success they were getting cigars in the locker room everyone thought he's gonna get the job he didn't get the job he's not getting the job in the future i think even tom can look at we're talking about tom you know, didn't have a choice in the coaching hire. I mean, AP had a job before they hired Tom, but maybe playing devil's advocate for Tom, like, you know what? We'll make this you know, best of this. We'll give it a go and try to win now. And if not, I'm going to get the choice to the next coach probably, I would think. I mean, so I think every time Telesco, you stumble into a lot of job security all of a sudden. And I don't imagine 
Champ Kelly is a concern at all. And if you champ, if you want to be a GM at some point, I, you can't stay here. I mean, I, I know he's a nice guy. I know Mark Davis wants him to stay here. He can help out, and he's tight with the players and stuff. But if you have aspirations to be a head, uh, you know, head guy and, and run the franchise, you can't stay where they chose somebody else over you. In my mind, you got to go somewhere else, get a fresh start. Kind of makes me. I'm sure there's plenty of connections throughout the league, and try and impress people there. And you know, kind of start to start. It's, it's, it sucks. You got to start again. You got to start over again, pretty much. You can't you can't really pick up or left off as far as momentum goes because you've been floored. You kind of lost a lot of the um, the heat behind your name that was there. So uh, it sucks. It's tough for him and. I, He's a much more mild-mannered guy than I am. He's definitely um, he's more thoughtful than I am. Maybe he can do it, but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay, but um, we'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah, but you know, like Jimmy said, like I guess it could be a situation where like maybe, you know, I guess maybe Tom wants his own guy, but, you know, also like I, I think Mark, like, you know, I, I guess Mark is usually a little nicer than maybe we give him credit for. Like I guess if he really did have an opportunity out there that was, you know, gave him a better angle towards getting a GM job, maybe he doesn't make it have to be an ugly exit for him but i think it's, it's kind of yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine it be ugly i think if champ says hey man I, I i got my shot here i'd like to move on i i don't i don't see any way in which the raiders stand in his way if, if he wants to move on what if he wants to go to the chargers but he's got a charger guy who do they care they got the chargers gm he knows their rosters backwards and forwards i just think um yeah i, I can't imagine mark stands in his way i think uh i know mark likes him a lot i think um I was not you know, in, in, in that way, kind of not in the be my, my GM kind of way, but uh, I think he cares about him. I think he would not withstand his way of going somewhere else and trying to get this thing going again and trying to get a job somewhere else to be at some point a GM. The next big question, I guess, in the offseason is is what this all means for the quarterback position. I, you know, they were asked about Aiden O'Connell, and um, I know Telesco you know, mentioned like, well, he played pretty well against us. So that, that helps. Um, and, you know, and Antonio Pierce gave, you know, gave a lot of credit to how he finished the season. We know what, whatever the last four games, it was eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, so, you know, he, he did finish the season with momentum, but I think, you know, all of us here at least are, are of the mind that at best you go into next season and you say he can compete for the job. He, he's certainly not a guy who's, who's going to uh, walk into the, in the next season with as the starting quarterback, but uh what, what do we think happens there? Uh, do, do we think these two moves uh, do anything to change that? I don't. I think he clearly, uh, you know, was, was a good backup quarterback with some upside. He definitely got better as the year went on. And like you said, he can bring him in, bring somebody else in and give him a chance to compete. That's fair to Aiden, fair to locker room. So that's fair. I mean, he was in there last year. Now he has a chance to compete for the job. And I do, I mean, uh, you're hoping that he won't win. Hopefully the guy you bring in is better than Aiden. No, kind of no goes like to him, but a little more upside and a little more mobility. So I think you look at the, a lot of draft options. You can trade up. Um, there's a lot of guys in the free agent market this year. I know uh, Devontae Adams mentioned Kirk Cousins' name last week on, on the podcast, the guy he likes how he throws the ball. So there's going to be a lot of names being thrown about, and uh, it's clearly their biggest need that you know to get this team over the hump. I think probably bringing Pierce back gives them a, be- a better chance of possibly being the starter next year. But like you guys mentioned, th- there has to be competition, whether it's from a first-round pick or, or – or, Second round pick, they're going to have to bring in somebody to compete or free agency. They're going to have to bring in somebody to compete with them. And whoever the OC is going to be is going to um, have a big say in, in who's going to be a starter, obviously, too. Um, I do think O'Connell does fit in very well with that Sean McVay, Shanahan type of system. So if you do bring in a guy like uh, Zach Robinson, um, you know, I, I think he does fit well in that offense. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a tough year with the, how they managed to 
the, the draft just because it seems like the top three teams, uh, you know, between Bears, uh, Commanders, and then the Patriots. I mean, Gerard Mayo basically said as his <laughs> intro presser that they're going to draft a quarterback. And so it doesn't seem like any of the top three teams are going to be all that interested in moving. So uh, they're going to be in kind of a weird spot in terms of drafting a quarterback, which is I would be kind of surprised if they came out of free agency without at least adding some sort of like starting caliber veteran, like maybe not like a high end guy, but, you know, some sort of mid-tier sort of starter on a one-year deal you know that's our, our producer brian smith is saying they still have jimmy g they, they will not have jimmy g much longer but um yeah you would, you would think they would have to given where they are in the draft uh, come out of free agency with at least some sort of data can compete with aiden o'connell for the job justin fields i mean if the bears draft uh caleb williams like everybody expects he'll be on the trade market and Champ Kelly was there when uh, he was drafted. Yeah. So Champ, Champ Kelly doesn't Champ Kelly, Champ is... Kelly doesn't matter in, in, in that decision. <laughs> hey, Luke Getzey, they're interviewing Luke Getzey for uh, offensive coordinator. Get, yeah, I'm Luke sure that's Getzey, exactly uh, who Justin, Justin Fields. Perry. That's uh, that, that's what we want, right? I'm, I'm sure he would love to play for him again. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want to see that. Who who do we want as OC? Cliff Kingsbury. Who's your number one? <sighs> I don't I don't really get the Cliff Cliff Kingsbury thing, man. It's like. Yeah, he Patrick He'll have Mahomes. a nice house that we'll get to see, you know? He'll have, yeah, have a beautiful he had, house. He had Patrick Mahomes in college and he fell to the number 10 overall pick somehow. The fucking best Did they have a losing the best quarterback record? Quarterbacks Did he have a losing yeah. record with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, he sucked. And then, you, then, you, then you got then you got I guess Kyler Murray in the league and they didn't, didn't really win that much there. So like I don't, I don't really get the whole Cliff Kingsbury thing to be honest. You know, of the guys that they talked to, I, I suppose like Zach Robinson would be the most interesting to me just coming from that McVay's shorter Shanahan system and you know, the work that he did with Matthew Stafford this year, helping him have a bounce back year after a pretty rough year um, in 2022. And so of the guys that they talked to, that that probably would be the one that I would have the most interest in. I agree with the Kingsbury stuff. I mean, I, I had some hopes for him when he was hired by the Cardinals, but just watching his offense in NFL, there's no flow. I mean, he does some cool creative stuff. You'll see some some of that once in a while, but, you know, there's no flow. There's no sequencing involved it's just like a big grab bag of plays and it just never really worked and I, I don't think you could get away with that in college but i don't think you could do that in the nfl so i'm not big on um kingsbury and getsy getsy just like i don't understand how you have justin fields and not build a reliable option game like that should be the one thing you could at least fall back on offensively and he never did that with the bears so not being able to cater your scheme around your players is a red flag for me you know with van pelt is uh, the guy another guy they're talking to i i really don't know much about him i mean i know stefanski was in charge of the offense there and i thought they did a pretty good job with the quarterback situation uh with the browns of manufacturing some offense but obviously you know they felt like van pelt wasn't up to par because they let him go to me the top guy should be robinson he's he's come he, he got plucked from pff by mcveigh so he has some understanding of analytics and modern football and just being groomed by McVay and learning that system, you know, I think it makes him a very intriguing candidate to me. He goes plucking PFF. That's why he's a good candidate. PFF. What was that? I, I mean, I want, I, I want a guy that understands, yeah. you know, modern. Wait, did you just say that? <laughs> Wait, was that like a list of the things? It was a list of like a reason why I should be hired. Hey, Bobby, uh, Bobby Sloak was Bobby Sloak. Bobby Sloak. Yeah. Give me a break. I'm about to, uh, my guy, Mike, Mike Sullivan, man. He's a Coughlin guy. Kind of brought the Steelers back to life this year in offense. He's in the mix. What are your thoughts about him, uh, Ted? You want the Steelers offense? Yeah, I mean, well, the Steelers better. offense is not, it's not pretty. But 
he he's he got it better. And uh, one thing about him, one thing that he did with the Steelers' offense is he just started copying everybody else's plays, and it worked pretty well for them. So you know, at least he's not proud, of, not too proud to copy these people's plays, just straight up rip off of them and just have it, you know, and kind of make this offense work. It's copy at league. Come on, man. Why why are you ripping it for copying plays? Exactly, man. No, I'm not ripping it. I'm saying that's a good thing. Again, it doesn't matter who those see is. It matters who the quarterback is in my mind. But uh, it's definitely an important hire. I think they're going to, like, uh, I guess they'll have someone who either has Tom Coughlin or Marvin Lewis ties. But um, we'll see. What are we expecting out of Marvin Lewis's role? He could be the czar. He could be the uh, experienced guy overseeing things. I mean, I think he um, he's in a good spot because I think it's kind of not defined quite yet. But he's definitely going to be a big part of this going forward. So um, I imagine between now and the combine, his role will kind of get ironed out. But I see it more as an advisory role, maybe both with the coaching staff and the front office. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good to have a, a guy with as much experience as Marvin Lewis have has to um, help out Antonio Pierce. I mean, there's tons of mundane stuff that you know we don't see every day with the head coaching position, like practice planning, and you know all all those things that go into the job that um, Lewis could definitely help uh, Pierce with. But I just hope that it just doesn't become a thing where like you're just hiring Marvin Lewis's and Tom Coughlin's friends onto the staff. This to be how coaching business goes. A lot of <laughs> a lot of people I know getting hired. So we'll see about that. All right. Any any final thoughts here on uh, on the big day and uh plus only the fifth Raiders GM in history. Uh obviously Al Davis uh, took up a lot of those uh years, but uh any final former, thoughts here, guys? Former Charger, Al Davis, former Charger coach. I thought it was sad, not sad, but uh usually we have these scrums afterwards, you know, with uh, Mark Davis and a bunch of you know, you can kind of pick your off fault, that. bro. It is my fault, and Deshaun's fault. But uh this year there are no scrums uh afterwards, so that was a, a good information gathering uh, point in the past, which last time with uh, with Ken Harrock. Last time you, you got Ken Harrock blamed for everything that went wrong over the last two years. So Ken Harrock, we reminded talk to you ever we, again. We reminded everybody on Saturday. <laughs> uh, hey man, I saw Harrock today. He, he, I don't think he was mad at me, but uh, yeah. he went to sit by Vic for a second. Actually, he did man, but he didn't talk. Though. I wanted him to talk to me, but he, no one talked afterwards. Mark Davis kind of said uh, before things started, hey. Ask your questions now because they won't be available afterwards to get to work. And he wasn't lying. That place uh, is scampered pretty quick. So that's definitely the one thing I missed this time. Is I think it's probably the first time going way back, even when I was doing it, there wasn't a, a scrim afterwards. So that's, uh, that's a sad departure from uh, traditional Raiders press conferences. Well, every, every introductory scrum has ended in disaster. So, you know, they're just trying to buck the trend now. Disaster for who? <laughs> not, not, not for me. Yeah, I would say it's great for us. But, uh, the Groot the Groot impressor was next level with uh with all the random people that were there at that one. I think this has to be like the least that Marcus talked at one of these, no right? I mean, he had he had oh, the opening sure. paragraph, sure. didn't he? Because last time he he sat up there on the podium with the guys, answered questions, chimed in. Like this time, he's he's he was not. Uh, he, he, he didn't want all those questions about why you didn't follow the poli- the the the, uh, the plan that you had in place. That's the problem with. You know, when you kind of state, you know, this is what I, as how I want the, you know, and he, I mean, he told you to Sean when, when he said, like, you know, nothing's in stone, but this is what I'd like to do. That, that is kind of the problem is when you, you discuss like the way you would like to go about your hire, I guess you kind of box yourself in. And so if he hadn't like ever said anything about this is how I want to go about it, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal that he, that he altered his plan. But um, the fact that he did kind of state that plan and, and went awry is kind of where it, it leaves us questioning like, okay how efficient and how well run was this search. But I think ultimately they, they got the coach. I think we all thought they should hire and, and we'll see how Telesco does. We will see. I got my rant out. So, you know, 
we'll see what happens. You got your rant out. You got your PFE endorsement out. Does it I, don't, but, I don't know. The P, PFF guys might be mad at me because I, I tweeted uh, PFF is like the rotten tomatoes for NFL players. And uh, yeah, so I'm trying to get back yeah, on there. Get back races. on there. Good luck with that. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, like, I might write this, but like two years ago, we had you know, McDaniels and Zuber there. Definitely it was a lot of selling. Like, hey, this is what's going to happen. It's not just a Patriots thing. These guys, blah, blah. Mark is definitely selling it, blah, blah. This year, it's pretty much, you know what? Last year, you kind of saw who you want to be down the stretch. AP kind of turned this thing around. That's our identity. I mentioned both those guys mentioned ill intent in the way they play. They want to be physical and fast. And so the identity is kind of set. The roster, the best players are kind of set besides the quarterback spot. So it's just a matter of getting that guy in and help you get these players and draft guys who can help you get there. So I think, as opposed to two years ago, the Raiders kind of know what they want to be. And they kind of, they, you know, they have their, their, their identities kind of set, their foundation set, if you will. I think Tom's going to help build off that, ideally, and help them get some players to kind of take the next step. Yeah, there was a lot of selling last time because everybody hated the hires, and they weren't wrong. Yeah, but Josh had a pretty bad track record, so they definitely had to, um, they had to sell that. They didn't even ask about Denver, man. Isn't that what he said? What would he give a fuck about Denver? Oh, uh, man, yeah. Well, someone did all right, well, that'll wrap up this episode of State of the Nation. We'll be back uh, sometime this offseason. Uh, we'll we'll find a good time when when, uh, when, when news hire, allows. We'll and Yeah, maybe when they hire a new offensive coordinator. We'll see um, as, as the staff comes together. Uh, Combine's only about a month away. We'll be uh, we'll be all be together in India in about, what, four or five weeks, four and a half weeks, something like that. So uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely talk then. Sean's going to Alabama next week, right, for the Senior Bowl. So we'll have some nuggets from there. Are you guys all going to the Senior Bowl or anybody doing East West Shrine? I hate the Senior Bowl, so I'm not going. Yeah, he's not going. He's not joining me in Mobile, Alabama. I don't. I'm, really a, I'm an Alabama guy. Alabama's not my. Oh, not my they got some good food down there, cheap alcohol, yeah, so it's not the worst place yeah. in the world. But you know, gonna get get some some Michael Michael Penix watching, some some Bo Nix watching. Bo uh, Nix. You know, see some quarterbacks that the Raiders might draft in the second round. So uh, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Is Bo Nix a first strike quarterback? I guess he is. Huh? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think second. I think second. That's why. Probably yeah, second. Yeah, it's probably second. I don't know, man. There's some buzz. There's some buzz around him. I, I don't think. I, mean, I think he's a great college quarterback. I have some doubts about him, the next level. But there's a lot of buzz about him making a push to the first round. So we'll see. Get to Mobile and find out for us, Vic. We gotta gotta go in. The guy's on. I know. Uh, need two of us. We need two. We need two heads down there. You do not. One's plenty. All right, y'all. Well, that'll wrap up this episode. Talk to you guys later. Raiders. All right, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Adios. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A. talking straight out of Compton, <laughs> rocking Raider hats. So that's what set me up for this. I was born this way. Raiders.